you've tuned in to Sci-Fi Fidelity, episode 86, Best Theme Music. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It's Mike and Dave with you here. Once again, in January, we have our discussion topic to get to. And this one is one that gave us no small amount of trepidation. Uh, Dave was worried, how do we talk about the best theme music of our genre television shows? And I think we came up with a nice little strategy, plus a lot of audience participation. Well, I do. And, and as you said, I had a lot of trepidation. But once we got into it, then the problem was, well, which six make the cut? And we're leaving out a lot of really good shows. Fortunately, as you said, the listeners are going to uh, chime in with their choices. Yeah. And I, I was very surprised. I actually encouraged people to pick up the slack on our comic book shows, which are technically genre television. And I don't think anyone said the flash or arrow or anything like that. The flash has a really great, great one. We talked to Blake Neely on this podcast, the composer from all of those CW shows. Uh, but oddly no one picked those, but there's plenty of other superhero shows that, that people chimed in with, but we've got some great ones. Like you said, uh, we had to pare it down quite a bit. I'm very satisfied with my three choices. What are you starting off with Dave? Well, I'm going to start off with the X-Files. You know, Mike, Every show has a story, and you know, I've mentioned many times The X-Files is really the show that got me back into genre television and sci-fi in general back in 1993, and I almost hesitate to call any of these themes iconic because they're all iconic in their own way. Yeah, well, actually, looking at your list that's to come, plus The X-Files, you did pick some very iconic themes that people would recognize just with maybe a couple of notes. Right. So with the X-Files theme, you've got that creepy synthesizer, but it's that whistled theme, which was composed by Mark Snow back in 1992. That really is what grabs your attention right away. And the interesting thing I found out is that that was the result of an accident that his elbow hit the keyboard triggered a delay effect that caught his ear, which gave him a start to the theme that we all know from the X-Files. And then he stumbled upon a patch called Whistling Joe. And again, if you're a synthesizer user <laughs> and actually even a guitar or bass player and use a multi-effects pedal, they have some really bizarre names for some of the individual patches. But he got his wife to whistle the familiar notes which he then mixed in, and of course, the rest is history. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now, when it returned in 2016, Snow figured, all right, you know, I'm going to update the music to go along with the updated uh, title sequence, re-recorded the original theme, but it never sounded quite right. So they went back to the original season one recording, which I just <laughs> think is awesome. And even the visuals were the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And speaking of the visuals, you know, that opening sequence is nearly as spooky as images of Scully and Mulder's FBI ID badges mix in with, I guess you would call it stop action images 
yeah. from the investigations into the paranormal. Later seasons, I think they added the ID badge of uh, Walter Skinner, but it, it, it's just those those images of Scully and Mulder, and I don't think they changed their ID pictures throughout the nine seasons of the original run. Yeah. So and Scully looked uh, quite different from season one to later seasons. So that yes, was always a did. weird point. Yep. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly happy with my first choice. So what do you got for your first choice? Well, I'm going to go ahead and start off with Preacher. And Preacher is just one of those theme songs that I just can't hear it often enough. I really love to jam out to it when I'm getting ready to watch an episode. And this one's from composer Dave Porter, who rose to prominence, actually, with another AMC mega hit, Breaking Bad. But this theme that he made for Preacher, this supernatural show about a hard-drinking priest who is suddenly, well, either gifted or cursed, depending on how you look at it, with the all-powerful voice of God, it's just one of the catchiest sing-along openings I've ever heard, even though you, you can't really sing along with the lyrics because there are none, but it's got the mix of over-modulated electric guitar. It's got like a really dirty, bendy harmonica. And then it's got choir singers with kind of a slow clapping, slow and and deliberate, like it's a hot day outside. And that's the best that the choir could come up with. But they're, you know, it sounds really beautiful and jazzy. But I really think what makes this theme work is that it feels like it represents the themes that the show itself explored because you've kind of got this evil mixed with holy and then the flavor of the small town South. Yeah. And and you mentioned the choir singers and the clapping, and that's what really grabs my attention. And obviously the choir singers are probably supposed to represent the holy aspect. Right. But uh, boy, to call this show unusual (laughs) and then paired with its theme music, it's just a perfect amalgam. Yeah. I just love this dude. A lot of times when a show comes up on Netflix, I'll skip the uh, opening theme altogether. Like it gives you that option, you know? And like, I'll skip over a man in the high castle, even it's pretty and haunting, but I usually just say skip intro. I would never do that with preacher. (laughs) So the opening credits visually feature a lot of close-ups with large kind of die cut titles where you can see through the words into the background behind it. And the images include (laughs) an eclectic bunch of images, like a priest scholar, of course, you've got someone sniffing cocaine through a hundred dollar bill. And then someone messily grabbing a handful of raw meat. So it just gives you the images that you need to know before going into the show, what you're getting into. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to go to my second choice and it was pretty easy for me as well. And that is Dr. Who. Now, the fascinating thing about the theme for Doctor Who is that it's been so long running 
The first incarnation of the series ran for 26 seasons. I believe we're on series 12 now after it returned in 2005. So that's a lot of years to use the same theme or the same basic theme, but that's what they've done. And written in 1963, originally by Australian composer Ron Grainer, it's been rearranged numerous times during the uh, you know 38 seasons it's been on, but the melody is instantly recognizable no matter how many times it's being reinvented. And I, I hear a lot of podcasts that do their own version of this theme. And electronic music and synthesizers were still in their infancy in 1963. And there were often these huge devices that took up a whole room and the opening theme is widely regarded in academic circles as groundbreaking and highly innovative. And, you know, I've seen pictures and it's just some dude in a suit sitting in a room and just fiddling with knobs. And, and yet <laughs> here it is. And, you know, there was no multi-tracking back in 1963. So what they did was they had different aspects of the theme on different machines. They would play them all together and then record all of those with another machine. And of course, they didn't get it in sync, so they'd go back and start over. Eventually, they got it. And just really, just a, a phenomenally melodic, hypnotizing theme song, for sure. And that's one of the things that you'll notice as we begin each of our six topics. We're playing a little snippet of the opening theme music, and I did select the one from the old Doctor Who, the original 1963 tune, rather than the reinvented one for New Who. So you can see that they've pretty much kept that same flavor throughout. Yeah, and in terms of same flavor, the opening visual titles have, of course, been tweaked throughout the years. And the fans are not always happy with the tweaks that the showrunners make and of course back in the original heyday there was no internet so <laughs> showrunners were fairly safe i don't even know if they called them <laughs> showrunners back then no fan service <laughs> right but uh initially the doctor's image would appear in the opening titles and as years went by the image would become more abstract and then in 1996 when the doctor who movie came out it did not feature paul mcgann aka doctor number eight but since it's returned in 2005 the focus has been on the tardis rather than the doctor in in the opening title sequence and interestingly, the debut of Series 8, and the first run, they referred to them as Seasons. When it comes back in 2005, they start referring to them as Series. So the debut of Series 8 featured a title sequence that was created by an artist who was doing his own versions on YouTube, caught the eye of Stephen Moffat, and Moffat said, hey, why don't you come and do the title sequences for the actual show? <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine what a dream? Oh, true. <laughs> oh yeah. So, well, that's interesting too, because, um, I do like that they changed the visual to the TARDIS. I think that works really well. So that's pretty cool. Now, my next one is going to be something that gave me a little bit of trepidation because I was originally going to go with Battlestar Galactica for that haunting Middle Eastern sounding vocals that, you know, I love, but I went with the hundred.
Now the hundred, I mentioned Battlestar Galactica because the hundred does have a very similar sound, at least in my mind, to the Battlestar Galactica theme. Even though, you know, Barry McCreary deserves a spot in any discussion of television music. So I'm kind of surprised that we didn't actually pick any of his, but he does actually make quite a few theme songs, including ones that the listeners are going to bring up later. And the reason I really liked the Battlestar Galactica theme is the same reason I like the hundred theme, which is the, the haunting vocal. It's just kind of like an open sound, no lyrics, just kind of a, ah, you know, on a kind of a minor tune. But what I really liked about this was that it's the kind of theme I would have used for a podcast. You know, I, I just love the percussive strikes, the repeating violin runs. There's lots of reverb on the vocal. And I actually use that on a couple of our more minor podcasts like Childhood's End that you and I and Wayne did together. And those are, you know, that same kind of percussive strike idea. But this one's written by Evan Frankfurt, who's done a ton of TV composing for everything from 90210 to In Plain Sight. So he's got a lot of not necessarily genre experience, but television experience in general. And the song has never really changed over the seasons. But what's cool is that season to season, and I know you've noticed this, Dave, the visuals change based on what's happening in that season that's pretty cool right and and as you know the hundred if not my favorite currently running show is certainly in the top two or three i I just love it and and you know again you, you compared it musically to battlestar galactica and i understand why you did that the thing i love about bsg and not to go off topic too much is that militaristic feel that we don't see with the hundred and and of course why would we yeah exactly it doesn't necessarily fit the theme although there are you know the drums can be interpreted that way it's all how you hear it but like i said the visuals really went with it regardless because you're always looking at the world from afar and somehow the music tends to go with that it feels like that like you're like a celestial voice and there's always different landmarks denoted with kind of a hud display overlaid on top of the the Eagle's Eye View in seasons one and two, we saw Mount Weather indicated. Later, we saw the Polis Tower, which, by the way, Polis, you know, is a truncated form of some city. And we're never quite sure. But there's actually some Internet accounts that place it near Baltimore. I don't know where they're getting their evidence from, but it made me think, is this maybe Annapolis? Although I'm not familiar with a tower in downtown Annapolis. <laughs> you mean Ma- the actual Mount Weather? Because there no, no, is the a Polis Tower, the Polis oh, Tower. Okay. <laughs> no, no, Mount <laughs> okay. Weather I know is real. Yeah, but even, you know, in season five, they had the same map. It just had a progression of flames. And I think they eventually got rid of Polis Tower to show that it had fallen. And then there's a completely different planetary landscape in season six, of course. So just a great theme song and a great opening title sequence in general. All right. Well, I'm going to finish up with a show that. I think anybody that knows me as a podcaster of genre TV shows at one time said, how can you never have watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Now, Mike, as you know, I came to Buffy late. It just never was really on my radar. It's certainly not what I thought it was. And at this point, I've gone through all nine seasons and 
and loved it. It is nine. Am yeah. I right? <laughs> no, seven, seven. Seven. So, yeah, and three for Angel. Haven't haven't finished Angel yet. But it's just certainly not what I expected it to be. Now, let's hit the music because the music is something that hits you right away. And as you know, I'm a guitar player and a bass player. And I was telling my wife today, because she claims she can't hear me up in my studio, but maybe about three or four months ago, I was spending about a week learning it myself. Oh, cool. And obviously that was way before we decided we were going to do this. But interestingly, and I know you're going to talk about Joss Whedon, I always assumed he wrote the theme for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but he didn't. It was a local band named Nerf Herder, and this sub-60-second guitar-and-drum-driven rocker was basically the result of Joss running out of money and soliciting ideas from less well-known musicians, and you know that's where it came from, and there were a few hits and misses and then of course let's not forget the initial werewolf howl that of course (laughs) that 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 sets everything off well now do you mean local band as in local to him or local to us oh okay (laughs) local to him yeah where i guess he was in la at the time but the theme i mean it's got that thrash mentality this relentless pace that i think many teens find as part of their own existence and of course if you know the show buffy it's all about the teenage experience as it thematically examines many of the monsters that face teenagers as they approach adulthood so it just is perfect i just i don't want to say it's my favorite because they all have a place in my heart, but I, I certainly love this one. And then the visual montage of Buffy and the Scooby gang provides a perfect overview of the monster fighting life that they've all chosen to accept. And the final shot is generally of Sarah Michelle Geller's character, Buffy, and it changes. My favorite is season three. She's in all black. Her head's turned to the camera and she's holding some big blade on a long pole just looking very menacing and that's by far my favorite yeah and that that doesn't surprise me you being a guitar player that you would like this kind of theme in fact i have to once again give a shout out to john holler who writes our theme music for sci-fi fidelity and has written a couple of our different themes including the one for continuum our very first podcast and he's a big guitar player as well so i know that uh that definitely comes into play with your personal tastes and carries over into your podcasting life and TV viewing life. (laughs) Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
All right. Well, I'm going to finish up with a Joss Whedon show as well. And this was a no brainer for me. I had to talk about Firefly. Now, you know, you were probably about to mention, in fact, that Joss Whedon does actually write music. So it wouldn't have been too surprising if he had written the Buffy theme song. But he did write all the music for Buffy's famous musical episode, which I I think we've mentioned on the podcast before. But he did write the opening theme song for Firefly. Now, he didn't perform it, of course, but he wrote the lyrics and the tune. So this theme song was performed by legendary blues singer Sonny Rhodes. And the title, which is entitled The Ballad of Serenity, at least in my experience, is sung by throngs of cosplaying attendees at conventions around the world many times per year. And it's always wonderful to hear a bunch of people that are gathered together singing at the top of their lungs this great theme song. It's just one of the best sing-along TV themes ever, in my opinion. And it's certainly the only one that has lyrics on our list. I mean, it's just right up there with Gilligan's Island, if, if you're familiar with the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and as you were saying that, and I'm hearing it in my head, I'm getting goosebumps. Just think it's such a good song. And you mentioned that Joss wrote the music and lyrics for the musical episode. And, you know, I knew it was coming and then once I finally got to that episode, because I thought I was going to hate it, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. What can't this guy do? I know, because no one has equaled the grandeur of that original musical episode. I know they're doing a musical episode of Lucifer, Dave. Yeah, I did read that. And while I'm generally not <laughs> a fan of musical episodes, there have been pieces where Lucifer's character does play the piano and I believe he's really playing uh, Tom Ellis and singing. So, uh, you know, I'll go for it. And of course, The Magicians does a musical episode every season, which isn't always to their betterment, but they at least give it a traditional try. But if you know the song, it basically has a lot of steel guitar. I think it's steel guitar anyway. It's got a bit of fiddle playing along with Sonny's scratchy vocals and There's a lot of twang also, which obviously goes along with the show's space Western feel. And if even if you don't know the lyrics, what's interesting is that when it starts playing, I guarantee they just get to the part where the chorus says, you can't take the sky from me. And everyone knows that part. So especially in, you know, in the geek crowd, (laughs) but visually these opening credits are, you know, very similar to other Joss Whedon shows and other shows of the 90s with each actor introduced by a montage of different scenes from the show. But Firefly also makes use of kind of a burning parchment imagery. They've got the sepia-toned portraits, or or they're not necessarily all sepia-toned, they're at least monochromatic. And then the final shot of Serenity doing a flyby over stampeding horses just kind of says it all about what you're about to see. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking, I don't know if Elena listens to this podcast, but had we left this one out, I think there really literally would be hell to pay. (laughs) Yeah, she's one of the regular Facebook contributors for Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, correct? Yes. Yeah, and speaking of that, (laughs) we have plenty of listener feedback from our Facebook group. And if you're not part of the Facebook group, you're missing out because that's how you can participate in the podcast with our discussion topics. 
and it's at facebook.com slash groups slash sci-fi fidelity. And we had a very lively discussion and I'm glad people chimed in. It was interesting the choices they made. I think a lot of them went more retro than I thought they would. And like I said, they didn't, I don't think anyone mentioned any of the uh, CW shows, CW superhero shows anyway, but I'll just go ahead and start with David's response. He was the first to put his, his uh, foot in the door there and mentioned Battlestar Galactica, but he actually was referring to the original theme song, not the remake, but he also liked Quantum Leap, which was an interesting choice for me because I think that has a lot of voiceover. There's lots of shows back then that would actually tell you a little bit about the show while the theme song was going on, or at least before it. He also brought up Buffy, The Greatest American Hero, Game of Thrones, Star Trek The Next Generation, and the original Thunderbirds, which I think was also brought up by another listener. Doctor Who, and then from his childhood, he brought up Battle of the Planets, which is a really cool kind of militaristic sounding theme song. And he has also added Airwolf, which he says is vaguely genre-ish, but it actually was one that was on that list that you sent me a link to, Dave, that in our research, we stumbled upon the 30 best genre TV or sci-fi TV theme songs or something like that. Yeah. Now that was only up to, I think, 2017, but, but still, yeah, like you said, Airwolf was on that list. All right. Well, Faith checked in and I love Faith's opening statement. I started making this list thinking it would be short and it totally isn't. (laughs) Yeah. No, Faith, I'm shocked. (laughs) In no particular order, Firefly, Angel, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I thought about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's a good one, too. That is a good one. (laughs) Quantum Leap, Star Trek Next Generation, Star Trek Discovery, The Orville, because it reminds me of Star Trek, (laughs) Chuck, Wonder Woman, and does Mission Impossible count? Yeah, I would think so. It it was a TV series originally before it was a movie franchise. Yeah, and and I guess that's kind of what we'd call spy-fi, sort of like Alias. Yeah, it's mostly spy. But yeah, great choices. I think pretty much every Star Trek spinoff is mentioned at some point during this listener feedback segment. Caleb was next. He had BSG as his top pick, but he preferred the remakes theme as opposed to David. And in particular, the full version that was only played in the credits for the plan, a prequel movie. And he also added his honorable mentions, which were Star Trek Deep Space Nine and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he mentioned the bagpipe version, which I Googled that. I looked everywhere for a bagpipe version of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Someone's going to have to link that on the Facebook group because I could not find it. I, I would love to hear that. And then Caleb also specifically calls out Babylon 5 Season 3 because that show actually changed its theme, the way it delivered its theme anyway, season to season. So great choices, Caleb. All right, now Fred checked in and... I'm not surprised that he has his dark materials on the list, and he refers to that as being very cinematic, and again, another show that I love. Also mentions The Expanse, show, of course, you love, and not surprisingly, the Jill Andrews opening for Winona Earp, Tell That Devil. Now, Winona Earp's a show that I lost interest in pretty quickly, but I will say the theme music is outstanding (laughs) yeah i told that devil to take me him back or something like that right now i am i am a little surprised fred didn't have the thunderbirds on his list since david mentioned it in his so uh fred what's (laughs) up with that he he figured it was already covered so (laughs) 
All right. Richard chose a few and he linked a bunch of the YouTube videos, which I really appreciated people doing that because it helped us listen to it right away. He put on the X-Files, of course. He liked Earth Final Conflict. He specifically linked season four, but I'm not sure if that was because it was different or not. Fringe, which is a great choice. That also changed season to season, but mostly with the visuals rather than the song. And then Continuum, which really is kind of a haunting opening, which had uh, you know pretty much the same theme throughout, but it also switched up the visuals. And then Richard says, my own guilty pleasure is primeval. <laughs> and then Lost in Space, the original done by a young John Williams, if you can believe that. And then Jerry Anderson's Space 1999. So again, we seem to be going at least uh, a couple decades back, if not more, for a lot of these. Yeah. Now, Joe checks in and says his sons would probably choose the Firefly theme, but he chose as his first contribution the Stranger Things opening music. He says it's so perfectly 80s, like from a John Carpenter flick. That's a good comparison. Yes, very much so. Right. He came back to the thread later and added, has any genre show changed its theme as much as the original Lost in Space did between the first and second season? And if we're going back to cartoons of our youth, then in addition to Speed Racer, I'd go with Star Blazers. Then at the last minute, just before we started recording, he added the 1966 Batman theme, which is a great one for sure. Yeah, and I had to listen to Star Blazers because I wasn't familiar with that one. Some great male vocals in that one, if you guys want to check that one out. But Linda is our next contributor. She says, I hope you give equal time to themes with lyrics and without, which, you know, I guess we we did have one of the six, but uh, there's plenty of options here in the feedback area as well. With lyrics, Linda says, I'm going to go totally against the crowd and pick the song from Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Faith of the Heart. That's a good one. That that was very different from the other Star Trek spinoffs and really had its own uh, flavor. And I enjoyed hearing that every time I tuned into the show. I watched that one when it was airing. Because it perfectly captured the right stuff spirit of the show and was very optimistic. Yeah, I agree, Linda. It's also on my list of songs to play at my funeral. Whoa, whoa, Linda. (laughs) It suddenly went dark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not yet. I've always liked the Wonder Woman song. Yeah, that's true. Also, Astro Boy and Speed Racer. Loved the Speed Racer theme remix at the end of the Wachowski film. For orchestral themes, Thunderbirds is just magnificent. And every now and then I have to watch YouTube orchestra vids because it's so great. (laughs) It's martial magnificence with British spirit and sounds very heroic. It's from Jerry and Sylvia Anderson again. I love the groovy UFO theme. And the remix of Doctor Who, when David Tennant took over, was the pinnacle of Doctor Who theme versions. And by the way, if you've never heard it, she says, go listen to Bill Bailey's Doctor Who theme with a Jacques Brel twist, Dr. Key, (laughs) a fabulous jazz version with French lyrics and perfect for a late night club. I'll have to check that one out. Finally, I really liked the mournfulness of the continuum theme. That's an interesting adjective for that one. It captured the struggle of the characters perfectly. Ah, great answers there, Linda. And I'm glad you ended there with continuum. It makes me nostalgic. (laughs) But you know, I can't remember what the theme sounds like. (laughs) I could would sing it, but it 
would sound me like me just doing doot doot doot. So uh, we need Wayne here. He, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he has no shame. He'll sing anything. <laughs> All right. And uh, Benita says Firefly is her favorite with lyrics, but she also likes the kind of techno haunting vocals of the original Charmed, Doctor Who, and of course Lost. Oh, nobody's mentioned Lost. Yeah, a lot of these have very short theme songs, so that doesn't make them any less uh, enjoyable to listen to, but it might not necessarily occur to people right up front. But Taltos ends our list with a number of cool choices, including the theme to Angel, The Dead Zone, seasons one to three, which was a song by Jeff Buckley called New Year's Prayer. It's very, very cool. If you check that one out, I had to pull that one up just to hear what she was talking about. She also mentioned Fringe, Game of Thrones, The Mandalorian, our most current choice, I believe, on this list, Millennium, and the original Roswell, which was another acquisition theme song. It was from 90s Top 40 fixture Dido, whose song Here With Me was the theme for Roswell. And she also mentioned Westworld to end out our list. So that was quite a list. We knew that there would be lots of things that we left off the list you know, our choices were somewhat in there. Firefly, I, I heard that in there. I heard Buffy. But I think we also picked some ones that were off the beaten path for our listeners as well. So hopefully between us and the listeners, we covered everything. <laughs> yeah. And and why was I worried? Yeah. <laughs> well, it helped that we could talk about the visuals as well. But um, And hopefully you guys enjoyed the little snippets that I was able to share. I, I, I hope I'm within fair use of copyright there and the shorter snippets that we played, but uh, really loved that part of our genre TV viewing experience and thought it was an interesting idea to, to share and discuss. But that's going to lead us into what we're doing next week, which we have an interview, Dave, but it's kind of still shaping up. I've got some of it already in the can. Some of it hasn't been done. We actually might be doing a double interview, so stay tuned for that. But it's for the show Manifest on NBC, which I don't believe you've checked out, have you? Well, I saw most of the first season. Oh, okay. Yeah, haven't seen any of season two yet. Yeah, and that's a show that I was assigned to review for Den of Geek, and it, it took a while to grow on me, Manifest did, and had a little bit of trouble with season one. But season two, which I just started reviewing, is much better. And so if, if you've stuck it through season one, and you know, that's true of a lot of different shows, but it's really starting to hit its stride. And so I wanted to talk to a, a couple of different people from Manifest. We'll see if it ends up being two people, one person or something completely different. Uh, but I'm going to just hold off on telling you who it is that we're going to be talking to until we get to next week. But it is from Manifest if you follow that show. But that's next week on the podcast. That's it for this episode of Sci-Fi Fidelity. Keep the discussion going on social media. You can follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook at Den of Geek US, and we are at Sci-Fi Fidelity. In the meantime, we'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you access it, and be sure to send us your suggestions for future topics via social media or in an email that can go to sci-fi fidelity at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>